Welcome to the More Life Podcast, where creative problem solvers and entrepreneurs talk about squeezing more out and finding meaning in this crazy thing we call life. Let's dive in. Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. We are here this week with Helen Knight. Um, Helen, I'm so happy that you're here with us because I, I feel like you offer a service that uh, a lot of people really care about, especially my audience um, of the More Life podcast. These are creative entrepreneurs, and, and you have a great service of helping people find their, their best types of clients in their niche and helping their agency thrive and creative businesses thrive. Please introduce yourself, let people know exactly what you do. Welcome to the More Life podcast. Oh, thank you so much. Yeah, my name's Helen Knight. I'm the Creative Leads Consultant for Creative Business Brain. And um, I really set up the business to help designers and agencies. Originally, it was creative people in general, and then I've narrowed it down. (laughs) But um, yeah, designers and agencies. um, I used to be a designer, so they're the types of people I can really relate to. I know the struggles. I know how hard it is when you first start out. Um, I literally struggled for years um, until I found out the best ways to build your business and how to get that consistency which is what most people struggle with the most you know the big sort of dips and um the big intakes of huge huge um, amounts of projects and then nothing for ages you know I used to live <laughs> like that for so many years and my partner as well because we're both creatives we're both he used to be a designer too so uh, can you imagine both of us living like that all the time? Like um, we used to drive each other crazy. So. Yes. <laughs> We're still together though. <laughs> <laughs> I do have one problem with what you just said. What do you mean used to be a designer? Uh, I yeah. think you're still a designer. You're st- I feel design <laughs> is like creative problem solving and you're okay. still doing that. You are a designer. Now you're, you're, you're more of a architect of systems and maybe yeah. that's maybe more appropriate but you're still a designer i'm sure if okay, i give you, you access to photoshop you'll be all oh, right i've still got the creative suite yeah <laughs> yeah see if adobe yeah. is still charging your credit card they then are. you are for sure a designer yeah, yeah. oh thanks yeah well, i guess i don't think of it like that because i don't really have time to do that kind of stuff anymore but um yeah i do love it still i still draw um still got loads of canvases and things around me like yeah all bits of things that we're making and creating so we are creative mm-hmm. people you know at heart so but yeah I'm I'm determined to help people and stop that struggle because it's so common it's just like we lived like that for years and it was yeah. so hard and I just don't want other people to go through that so that's, I know we, um, we're gonna we're mission. gonna start at the we're gonna start at the front end of the story but just before we do that, you just mentioned something like, mm-hmm. isn't it amazing when you really find your your lane, like your calling, because it's very much your persona about like your personality and your your helpfulness and um, how you come across on social media, on Instagram, specifically where I follow you. Um, and it's like you're so in your element. It's like I don't. I couldn't imagine you doing something, anything else. Like if you told me you were a bank teller, I'd say no. Nah, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I am. I I've totally found my calling. Um, it's taken me a long time, but yeah, it's been worth the journey. Um, yeah, totally. And now you're here um, to help us. 
absolutely love it yeah absolutely love it and I thrive on it and just like calls that I've had with clients today I've just been so excited for them even like halfway through um, a call as well with a client today and he got feedback that he would got his first big win and we were both like yes (laughs) really excited together and just yeah it was just amazing Um, that kind of experience I just love seeing people evolve and and being really close to that and show you know showing them um making a big difference that's all that's important to me really yeah so let's start at the beginning um how did you start in this industry because i know you mentioned you were a designer um maybe doing more traditional design work where it's branding or graphic design or web um let's hear about the early years for helen and and the art artistry and how that all came about Okay, so yeah, I was a graphic designer. Um, I graduated in 2002 from Derby University in the UK and um, I was I was a slightly older student because I, I went to sick form as well. Um, so I did it the long route anyway. So even that bit was mm-hmm. the long route. <laughs> um, so yeah, I did A-levels and I did, um, and then I went to college and did a BTEC National Diploma in Graphics. Then I did a university degree. Um, as well got to one um, I think my only downfall was my writing because I've never been good at writing until now now I'm amazing yeah. at copywriting but that's another story um, <laughs> yeah I was never good at um, yeah explaining myself in, in written words um, I just wasn't very good at it and so yeah my dissertation was my downfall otherwise I would have got first but anyway right. uh, yeah <laughs> Yeah, I loved it. And I, um, after university, I just felt a bit lost. Like I think a lot of people do. Um, I don't know what it's like in where you live, but in the UK, there's never that much guidance or there never was when I left in 2002. There wasn't a lot of guidance after university. I literally got on, um, got onto the computer, searched loads of agencies, sent my CV out to hundreds of people and sat and waited and that's kind of all I did and I didn't really know what what else to do and that's um, all they prepared you for is just just do those things send out the resume mm-hmm. and wait to see what happens yeah and it was very painful <laughs> I didn't get up <laughs> responses <laughs> um, yeah there. I did get a few interviews um I ended up working uh what was my first job was in-house at a um like a car uh what do you call it like a a place where they promote cars so it was um what you're doing like car listings and car adverts in the newspaper and that kind of thing so that was what I did um not very exciting but it was a start yeah Mm -hmm. (laughs) it was a start and um and I just I stayed I didn't even stay there that long because it was really boring I stayed there for about seven months and then decided to have another go at looking for something else where I could be a bit more creative and then I got a job in-house with um it was a plastics company so they made um like um things that they sell in Toys R Us and things they sell in mother care uh baby products all that kind of stuff um garden products so I would do all the packaging which was great so that was like my first decent job really nice. <laughs> um, yes yeah, so I did packaging I did actually did a lot for that company because I was the creative so I had my own office which was lovely they bought yeah. me a brand new spanking computer with a massive big screen I was in my Ooh. element <laughs> yeah amazing so um, yeah so you, you you've you had a lot of 
um, you know, cutting your teeth uh, on, on, you know, lots of life experiences. There's, um, and the beauty of it is at, in, at the time when you're in those moments, it's kind of like, oh man, I really want to get a better job. Cause you know, you're kind of dreaming the whole time when you're in school about how great it's going to be. It's going to be so amazing. And then all of a sudden it's kind of becomes, uh, kind of like, oh, this is not what I thought it was, but you end up learning so much in some of those, um, not as el- extravagant, you know, jobs or those type of positions, but you learn the skills. Maybe that's where you hone in on your your keyboard shortcuts, or yeah. you know how to run scripts in Photoshop because you have to do the exact same thing forty five thousand forty five thousand times. I first learned how to do that in Photoshop batch work, um, just because I was as a photo editor uh, out of college and. It was not fun. And, you know, you get 2,000 photos and you have to get 150 selects out of it. I'm like, yeah. this is going to take forever. So you learn how to do a lot of little, little things. You, you, and the, uh, over the amounts of years or months or however long it is, you end up accumulating all these additional tools, which I call real tools, because they teach you technical tools in, 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 in school. Um, but then the stuff you use in practice and every day that only comes with real life experience, that's the stuff you kind of accumulate over time. Um, but that's really, that's really impressive, um, in terms of the stick-to-itiveness that you've had. And at some point along the way, you, you made enough mistakes <laughs> to have graduated to, to help others, to help other people kind of figure out what they want to do or, mm-hmm. or how to achieve those things that they want to do. So how did that transition and transformation take place? Um, yeah, so the transition from being a designer to helping other people. Um, yeah, so I after that job, I um, trying to think what I did next. So after that job, I was um, working at another a, a couple of agencies. After that, and then I decided to have my own business because when I'd worked with agencies, that's a whole different ball game than working in house. And I and I was basically working really hard even all night sometimes or like um working at the agency till two in the morning then them expecting Mm -hmm. you to be there early in the morning again and it was just like crazy and I I just thought I can run a business better than this (laughs) 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 I, I decided to set up on my own the company that I was working with at the time weren't doing very well. Um, right. They they just couldn't get the work in. Um, and uh, when I actually started, when I started um, the job that I left before I started my own business, I started thinking I was joining a team that I thought I was going to learn a lot from. And I was really excited because I thought, oh, I'm going to learn from all these other really experienced designers. And when I got there, there was one lady left. There was one Uh-oh. one lady <laughs> And um, and then there was me, and they obviously <laughs> hired me because I was cheaper because I was still kind of young, you know, junior or whatever, and um, yeah, still at early stages. And they were trying to keep their business going, so uh, yeah, it was working. They was working us really, really hard. Um, it was ridiculous, and in the end, um, the company. Um, just said you know that we haven't got enough work in so I decided okay that's fine I'm gonna start my own business mm-hmm. so that's what I did I I at, at first I was like oh my god what I'm gonna do I was like really panicking because back then 
I was really shy. I was like not the same person I am now. I was like, yeah. I had anxiety. I was like rubbish at talking to people. I couldn't hold a conversation. <laughs> I was. <laughs> look at you go. Like, sorry. I said, look Where's at you go day? now. <laughs> so that person has evolved dr- drastically and dramatically from, I guess, throwing myself out of my comfort zone and having to really make things happen uh, from being in pretty, um, yeah, worrying and stressful situations. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I had to make it work. Um, I had to start making money. I wasn't living at home. I was living uh, with friends. Like I had to pay my rent. Um, mm-hmm. I had to, you know, I had bills. Um, so I was like really worried. Uh, I remember crying with my friend. <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> and, um, and yeah, it was, it was really hard because I was only, how old was I? I think I was about 23 at the time, maybe 22, 23. And I just thought, right, I can do this. Just, you know, put my, put my brave um, suit of armor on and just go for right. it. And I, I, I actually asked a lot of people uh, back then it was way before Facebook. So if you imagine like, trying to start a business back then was literally going to your local um, chamber of Registrar. commerce. Yeah. It was all that kind of thing, you know, just asking for advice. They sent me to Prince's Trust, which was a big help. So the Prince's Trust in the UK, if anybody is listening in the UK, they still do this scheme, which is fantastic. So I've recommended it to loads of um, people just starting out. If you literally have no funding at all and you're, you're starting from scratch and you have no money, they will give you a grant. And um, when I did awesome. it, it was a loan, so I had to pay it back. But I think it's a grant now, which is even better. Um, and it was £5,000. So I got a £5,000 loan from Prince's Trust, bought my computer, bought my software. Back then, I don't know if anybody's listening that's old school, but I had to buy Clark <laughs> Express, which was £1,000. Clark Express. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> that's what I learned in school. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had to, yeah, I had to buy all the old school stuff. And I literally set up in my bedroom Um going to network events, petrified, really scared, mm-hmm. really nervous, um, trying my best to talk to people. <laughs> yeah. And that was how it's it hard. started. Yeah. So, it's really um, hard. Really, really hard. And then um, I, I just kept going. I was so determined. I'm probably the most stubborn person you'll ever meet. <laughs> Uh, I never give up on anything. If I feel like I can do something, even if it's not working straight away, I just keep going. And that's how I think you've really got to be determined if you want to make something work. Um, Yeah. Especially nowadays with everybody um, on the same path, like everyone's um, has a social media presence. Everybody is a quote unquote photographer because of, you know, iPhones Everybody mm-hmm. has a podcast. Everybody has a YouTube channel. Everyone has something they're promoting that they're doing that they're talking about out loud to others. So mm-hmm. if you don't actually have that determination to kind of carve out your own space, you're going to get washed in with everybody else because everyone mm-hmm. is doing that. Everyone has their thing that they're trying to promote. So how yeah. long, Helen, have you been running this, uh, this business? So the business that I run now, um, yeah. helping other designers and agencies. So I first um, 
My first online business wasn't actually a design or anything to do with design related business, but it was because I just wanted an online business to learn how to have an online business, if that makes sense. (laughs) Um, I just wanted to go through the process and and find out what was possible. And I tried all kinds of things. Um, And because I'm also... Uh, my background with my partner is like uh, running um, kickboxing clubs as well. So that's what he does. Um, cool. And yeah, so I started actually in the online world in a sort of health, fitness, weight loss, um, mindset kind of way <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, evolved from there. Uh, but that was how I learned so much about building a business online. Um, I had loads of coaching. I joined loads of programs mm-hmm. Um you name it, I was there. I literally joined everything. <laughs> and um, yeah, and just realized what an exciting opportunity that people have now to build an online business. It's just like right. so different from when I first started my design business. And the things that are available now online, it's just a totally different world. And it's just so much easier now. So yeah. yeah. So if anybody's That's really good. To, yeah, if anybody's trying to build a business now, um, you compare it to no no internet, compare it to no Facebook, <laughs> um, you're in a really great place. So, yeah. I we are living people. in the greatest time in the world just because mm. of the amount of tools, like how long it would take you to, you know, to, like we, we do branding and web design. That's our, our niche here. Um, yeah. <clears throat> how long it would take you to build a website before and then – GeoCities, I don't know if they had that in the UK back in the day, maybe early 2000s, 2001, 2002, where mm. you can build sites. But even that, it was all HTML and code and Java. Um, yeah. And you had to, even as a young person, had to know that. I was in high school. You had to kind of like navigate and go in forums or, or chat rooms back then before we had forums, really, to find yeah. pieces of codes to make something do what you wanted to do. And it's yeah. we have so much opportunity now with, you know, the advent of social media and the smartphone and, and, you know, just how much TikTok has blown up and everyone has a platform. And if someone were to tell me that I can speak to a thousand people on a regular basis on my social media, I would say, no way you're, you're crazy. You know, if someone told me that 20 years ago, that how could I ever do that? But you're able to do that on a regular basis, if not more, if not 10,000. Some people have 20 or 100 or a million people that they communicate to on a Mm. regular basis. And the big number or the number that everyone focuses on is not always the most important one. No. Um, I think it's, you know, more about the engagement, that community aspect. If people really like Mm. either the concepts, the things that you're teaching them or showing them or the personality that you have, that's what's going to attract people to kind of – Stay on board. It has to be one of those two things. Either they're they're learning something, or they like your 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 approach in teaching or sharing information, mm. or having conversations, or they like your personality, and they want that person that that relationship. But either way, if your goal is to grow, you know the audience is key. And right now, we live in the perfect era for audience. Um, I don't know how people would have done it. You know. Anytime before now <laughs> to have this type of audience <laughs> and retention. It's wild. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's so exciting. Um, it, yeah, it is literally just um, being able to pick an audience that you know you can resonate with and and be just be yourself. You know, if you can be yourself and be honest and open and be excited and passionate about helping somebody, that's, you know, that's a massive 
deal to somebody that's struggling right now mm-hmm. you know if you really want to help them you show passion and you can show that you've been on a similar journey to them or you can just resonate they can resonate with what you're telling them um and you, it's clear that you have a solution it's clear that you've got a pathway for them to follow then you know that's what you're really gonna um you're really going to get a lot of people following you and and talking yeah. to you reaching out to you if it's really obvious that you've got the answer to something that they want yeah i think people are looking for genuine connection mm-hmm. i don't people don't want to be sold to by some like uh, snake oil yeah. salesman they want something that's like okay i understand this they seem to have done this before and i can track with them um, mm. But if it seems uh, sketchy or sleazy, people don't want to be involved with that. Um, there was that era, you know, on, on YouTube, um, people kind of just talking in circles in terms of how they can help you, but not actually telling you anything of what they would actually do. And people mm. buying these courses at $1,000 and or more or, or whatever the price is. And, and I think people now are so... Um, tired of the manufactured hype and so now they're looking for that genuine response genuine community um Mm -hmm. but yeah you talk to people a lot different types of people in different industries and you helping them find their audience helping them get bigger sales and leads what are you seeing in the industry right now what are some of the needs that you see or commonalities that you see with creatives and an agency that are trying to level up go to the next stage um okay so uh, there's lots of commonalities there's things like um if you're talking about individuals um like people obviously with the covid situation there's all kinds of things that have happened so a lot of people have either lost their jobs or they've um they've just decided that, um, you know, life is too short and they want more freedom and they want to work from home or whatever because mm-hmm. they've had a taste of that from going on, um, what do they call it, furlough, things like mm-hmm. that. You know, they've had a taste of working independently. They're like, right, I've decided I want to build my own business now. <laughs> yeah. I've had people like that before. Yeah, um, I've had um, people that um, have been trying to um, have their own agency for a long time that um, have but they just are, yeah, some some of my clients have been busy, like before they met me, but they're busy with the wrong types of projects. So they're busy with a lot of work that's low paid. So right. they, they can get a lot of work, but it's not high paid work. So they're really tied out. And this that was what happened to me with my business, my first business um, with design. I was busy, but I was so tied out. I was working my socks off um, and I had to network with other freelancers to help to obviously um, delegate some of the work. And that's actually how I met my partner because that's <laughs> on a creative um, website. That's how I met Oh, him. that's so cute. <laughs> yeah. So, are we still together now? Like, uh, I think it's 15 years ago that was. <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. I know. So, so <laughs> you guys met on like a forum type of thing? Like you guys were like a community board where people yeah. were, were helping each other? Yeah, it's like a, a creative uh, industry network website with a forum thing. And and um, I just put a post on there saying that uh, I was looking for freelancers to help because I was getting busy. Um, but the trouble was that I was getting busy, but it wasn't really well paid. Um, so, right. yeah, that's what I struggle with the most. But, yeah, I meet a lot of people like that that, that have a lot of work, but they're maybe they're um, also – connecting their own self-worth with, with what they can charge. I see that a lot. 
And that was definitely me as well. I used to not feel that I was good enough to charge more than whatever, you know, than the average um, freelancer. Um, Yeah, I just didn't think people would pay it. I didn't, and I meet people like that all the time. I did a testimonial video with a guy um, a couple of days ago. He he lives in Portugal and he's a a digital consultant. Um, He does amazing websites and all sorts of things. He's... um, he was telling me that when we first met, his self-worth was so low and he just didn't feel that he could charge um, like over a thousand pounds for what he was doing. I was like, what? That's ridiculous. <laughs> um, yeah. And now he's got like the biggest projects he's ever had in his life. And he said he's so happy. He's just so excited about the whole thing. Um, so, yeah, um, that's a really good one. I can't wait to edit that yeah. and post that on my YouTube <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you know Um, what? I feel like you said something right there that was um, almost like, it feels like a rite of passage because everyone goes through it where you're selling yourself short. Uh, I work in a co-working space and there's a young designer who was working here um, in the open, uh, I guess, communal space. And she was kind of just asking some questions about what I do. And I'm like, I've been right where you're at where you don't you don't think you're actually good enough to charge those prices mm. but you have to you have to um you have to treat yourself like don't treat yourself like you know yourself take yourself out of the equation and think mm. objectively at what you're doing and yeah. price it appropriately how much time am i putting in how much time am i going to do in terms of revisions what caliber of work am i doing in the, in the scheme of, uh, or the gamut of my industry, because she, she's a creative artist, somebody who draws um, digitally, and, and, and find a happy medium, find where the highest, you know, maybe call a few people, find where the lowest, and place yourself um, as you see the work based on the data. Because if you go on your emotion, you're going to end up underselling yourself um, and it's very discouraging when you're young and you're working like really late into the day and into the mm-hmm. night and you still don't have enough money because, yeah, you know, it's very, very challenging. Yeah, that was me for so many years. And um, I wish there were I wish there was that support that there is now. Like this, obviously, a lot more support there is now um, on the Internet. Yes. But in those days, I was nobody spoke about money about how they were charging. It was a secret, a massive, massive secret. Yeah. Yeah. How much money did you charge on that? Or how much money did you make on that? Is nobody gave you the answer. (laughs) It was tough. It was tough. And and to get to, just to talk to people that understood your situation. Uh, Obviously I had the Prince's Trust, that was it, but no one specifically for design. There was no one. I I couldn't find anyone to talk to. Yeah. Yeah. I remember a couple of college mates who, um, got a agency job um, before I did. So right out of college, my college professor hired me at a print shop he owned um, to do some pre-flight like stuff before it gets to the printer, fixing up some, up some technical or digital files. Um, and I had friends who had got agency jobs and uh, they were freelancing on the side. I was freelancing on the side. And I remember asking them saying, Hey, what, what are the, what are the metrics or what, what, what things are you using to determine the pricing and they would give like these weird answers and talk around the situation, but they never actually said, Oh, I just go based off time or I have a set price list. And if I feel it's going to go beyond my normal scope, I'll add 25%. Like they didn't have any metrics. And now if you look at like, um, especially on YouTube, 
There are so many YouTubers and influencers who talk about how much money they make. I know it's harder with like brand deals. They can't disclose that information. But in terms of how much money YouTube or how much money AdSense pays them out yearly or monthly, there are so many people who talk about it and they say, hey, this is possible. Here's how I did it. And here's how you can do it. We also grew up, I feel like we're in the similar age bracket. Um, I'm 35, where we kind of... um, I'm a bit older. I'm for, I'm going to be 43 this year. So. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but we grew up in the same era where people didn't talk like that. And it kind of mm-hmm. seemed like if I helped you, you would get ahead of me. And the uh, younger generation is so much more collaborative where, mm-hmm. you know, you have these big YouTube or Instagram presences who collaborate with their exact competitors because they can yeah. see the mutual benefit in it. And they see that if, mm-hmm. if we can work something out, the audience wins, we win, I win and you win all three of us yeah. all win. Right. That's so it. it's really cool to see how the younger generation collaborate more, but back then it didn't exist at all. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's, it's great. And I love talking to other people that are, that have got a similar audience to me, you know, it does, um, it's definitely a good game plan. I mean, it, I wouldn't rely on it, but it's definitely, um, you know, part of the picture, definitely important to, mm-hmm. um, network with those types of people as well. Definitely. Mm. Yeah. In terms of like prospecting, you know, even until last year, I don't think I knew what I was doing. And then I, I, I found solace in a business coach that I had, um, shout out to Dave Shrine, who was on uh, season one of the podcast. And he talked about how so many businesses follow the same kind of steps where you're you're kind of just trying to stay afloat your first year. And then your, your second year, you make all the mistakes. You do all the wrong things. And then the third year, you kind of say, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z anymore because it really hurt the business or burn me out or mm. cost me money or opportunities. And once yeah. you eliminate the fluff and you're left with what remains, that's when you kind of realize what you should be doing. Mm. Um, and that was me about 18 months ago um, with prospecting. And uh, I spoke with another person who was, has been, everyone I find who is really cool, I put on the podcast. So Mike Mall on season two um, mm-hmm. talked to me about, uh, you know, prospecting on LinkedIn, making custom videos, um, sharing them with people, um, helping them initially and having deeper conversations mm-hmm. um, with them. And that revolutionized how I used uh, LinkedIn specifically. Um, and we kind of, well, not gave up, but we kind of just like, didn't put as much effort in other social media platforms because LinkedIn became so lucrative um, for us. And then what happens afterwards is where I feel like the magic sauce happens that we've really um, through many years of mistakes and doing all kinds of crazy things have refined (laughs) our, our, our prospecting and lead generation process. So we go through and we identify um, somebody will either, if it's a cold uh, transaction that we're doing, we'll talk with them and, and find out uh, uh, if we can be of help, send them a personalized message, show them something. Um, and if they actually want to connect, I'll send them the Calendly link. But before the Calendly link, there's a form. And in the form, we make sure the decision maker is on there. Um, we make sure what their budget is. We find out how much money they made in the 
last year because we try to stay in the commercial um, small to medium-sized business range. So we aim for like anywhere between 200,000 to 300,000, this is Canadian dollars, um, uh, companies that make at least that in the revenue, if not higher, um, at least three to four people on staff, if not more, uh, and make sure that the key decision maker is on the call because we're going to ask um, real tough um, or at least insightful goal-centered questions. And the more you drive towards the root of what the real goal is, the better it is that I can determine whether we are aligned and I can actually help you. And if that connection is there, it's almost a guarantee to get um, a sale out of that call because we've put a couple of processes in place. You know, we then follow up with them, do a presentation of our proposal instead of just sending them a PDF. And mm-hmm. in that presentation, they start to see exactly how we're going to help them based on their goals, based on what they said before. And, mm-hmm. and that once we started doing that process, it was, if you've made it that far, there's no way you're saying no. You know what I mean? Like, there's no way you're turning back after we've made you the proposal. Before, I would spend three to five hours a week just on proposal writing, just mm-hmm. for somebody to not read it and get back to me. Yeah, I think do you see that as well with people with with um, with prospecting and trying to get new clients that they're kind of spinning their wheels until they figure something out? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, people usually come to me because they've tried just about everything like they've they tell me they've tried messaging they've tried sending um examples of what they do you know they've tried um um like just networking more talking to people and asking for referrals all that kind of stuff and they just don't know what to do um yeah most people say to me oh I just rely on referrals um even I've even talked to agencies that have been going like 20 years and they still tell me they haven't got a process to get their clients, which is absolutely crazy. And they're just, <laughs> it's just, it really is crazy because now, especially after COVID, when they've lost uh, probably a huge amount of their business, like a lot of them say, oh, we've just lost like half of our business because like one of the, one of our clients was like our main income. So they're, they're relying on uh, big contracts, but not very many of them. So when that goes, that's a big hit and they haven't got a way of getting consistency back into the business quickly. So they, they just haven't got a clue how to get uh, the right people through the door again. Oh, I can't, can't hear you. Oh, oh I'm back. I'm back. That's I it. hit the mute button. It's, it's <laughs> okay. 2021 and I still haven't figured out how to unmute myself. Um, <laughs> we've been on Zoom now for two years. <laughs> um, so many people are stuck in that same loop, though, where mm-hmm. they have zero um, ways, like systematized ways. Like, this is my process. Like, what I just did, it took me about, what, two minutes to kind of throw it out there and to say specifically what we do to prospect clients. Mm. Most people I talk to do not have that. Um, What would you say to people to, like, who who need to start? Because uh, I'm in the process of writing a course going from freelance to agency just because that's what I've done in the last three years. Mm. And... um, I feel like there's a lot of freelance photographers and writers and designers who have a, I, who have a product but don't have a business. 
My product is I provide writing services. But how do I translate that into an agency? How do I translate that into a business model that operates without me? That's what I think is um, a major goal for a lot of people where they're like, I can go on vacation or take maybe three days off and go to a cottage and relax for a little bit. And decisions are being made. Things are happening in the business that I don't have to specifically do. Um, If somebody is a freelancer, Helen, how would you tell them to start to systematize a way to attract lead or what the best method is for them to get some new people other than just referrals? Yeah. Okay. So I would say the first phase is all about um, just identifying who you're really talking to. So obviously um, I would highly recommend using social media because that's what I'm all about. And I feel like um, you need to really identify who you're talking to, what you're doing for them and what that's really going to do for their business. So once you've done that and you've positioned yourself in a way where you're the obvious answer to that specific person's problem you got your miles ahead already so if that's mm. so super clear that you could um you know a five-year-old could understand it then <laughs> then people are going to reach out to you just from that if you get that spot on people can yeah. reach out to you just from getting that right okay because i get it, i get it all the time um now obviously that i do a lot of other things as well um, it's important to obviously make sure your profile is aligned to them as well so it really resonates with them as soon as they land on it and you're talking um, like if you if there's like an about section in let's say you're on LinkedIn for instance that you are um, talking about how they feel first not about you so I know the about section is typically meant to be about you but if you right. want to really draw people in it's got to be about them first so they know they're in the right place so that's another big um, big thing you need to work on um, you also need to make sure that you have a very clear understanding of uh, lead generation through some kind of platform. So deciding, uh, really researching your ideal audience, finding out all about them so you know them inside out mm-hmm. and understanding where they hang out the most. So, uh, What type of think- platforms would you suggest? Just throw some out there that people could look into. Yeah, so... Like you said, um, platform for like lead generation platform. Is that like HubSpot or Salesforce? Um um, so no, just just any social media platform where you feel your ideal client hangs out. So if it's Instagram, LinkedIn, Facebook, or wherever you feel they are the most, because um, obviously um, some types of businesses are, are more on LinkedIn, some are more on Facebook. Like coaches hang 100%. out more on Facebook. Um, <laughs> if you want to target coaches, I would say Facebook. If you want to target designers, obviously um, Instagram and LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. LinkedIn's more agencies. Um, so, yeah, um, it's really working out where your people hang out the most. Um, really learn that platform, understand that platform really, really well <laughs> so that you know all the tips and tricks for that platform. Um, and then it's really important that you know what you're offering them. So once you've done the research and you've worked out everything about them, um, you've really got to understand their journey, what it's like to be them you're going to create an offer that gives them everything they want and everything they need. So you've got to be, you've got to realize they're not going to be aware of certain things along their journey. At the moment, the moment you meet them will be when they've got this big problem that's on their mind all the time, something right. that's like keeping them awake at night. And that's the thing you need to focus on. So focus on that first. 
and then think about their journey. Where are they going? All the other things they're going to need, all the hurdles they've got to get over to achieve the thing that they really want the most. And you're going to create an amazing offer for them. Now, um, that is obviously quite a high high level skill thing to do. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it, it, obviously that's just giving you a, a very brief framework of what to do. With Don't that. give them all the um, secret sauce, yes, Ella. <laughs> let, let, the, let them. Let, we're gonna we're gonna send them to you so that they can call you and find out how exactly should they get this type of help in their business. Yeah. But you you said something really good. The profile is. It took me until uh, um, somebody uh, mentioned this, you know, I, I, I don't know who to give credit to, where somebody mentions this, write the, your, your social media profiles the way that you search social media profiles, mm-hmm. right? The way that when I go to somebody else's social media, yeah. what am I looking to find out? Yeah. That's how you should write it for, for the person who's going to be looking this up. So when yeah. I find somebody who's a very good interior designer, uh, mm. I go to their profile because I want to find out what's their website, where are they, or which city do they live in? Mm. What specific type of interior? Is it commercial? Is it modern? Is it what 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 type of stuff are we talking about? And that's what I'm looking for in the profile. So that's how I should approach my profile. I should put yeah. the location, spe- specify, not, not just say designer. It should say something very specific. We do branding and web design for construction and interior designers. That's very specific of what we do. And then how do people, how do I want people to connect with me? It needs to be something uh, um, that's easy, whether it's the website right there that goes to a specific page built for them. Like those are the type of things that, oh, reverse it. What do you do? Do that for your, for those who might be looking for you, who might find you on the explore page and Mm -hmm. that's how you're going to actually use instagram the way that the people who started it intended it like it's for that discovery and that exploration and that sharing and community and that's what you need to actually do yeah absolutely and and another thing to mention about that is when you're when you're looking at profiles it's also important to um to just kind of think about, like you said, about the language that they would use rather than um, than approaching them with your technical language. So if you're doing content, for instance, and you're trying to relate to someone, they, they probably won't really be focused on the things you're focused on because your yeah. world is totally set, totally different to their world. And you've got to just imagine what it's like to be in their world and you've got to bridge the gap between their world and your world. So that's the, that's the thing most people get wrong. Most people just talk about um, why you need branding, but that person mm-hmm. might not even be thinking about branding. <laughs> They're thinking about the problem <laughs> that they've got right now. They have 100%. no idea they need branding. <laughs> so That's yeah. not an issue, yeah. yeah it's, very, it. it's very unique right <laughs> now in the world that we live because we, like, we put so much information online and yeah. people search for that type of stuff or people are come across it however which way. And and there's there's something to be said like, okay, I, I'm putting all this information. If you're if you're not gonna put the effort in, you know, how it's presented or making sure it's actually valuable, it's mm-hmm. it's a lot of wasted time. And I know people who put a lot of effort um, in posting information. But then it's very like surface level and it's like, who's this actually for? 
because that's the hard part, right? That's the really, really hard. It's like, who is this actually, who is this serving really? It's too vague. It doesn't say, because like you you said, you know, oh, you know, we can help you do the branding. I I don't care about about branding. My whatever is not working or I have a conference happening in two weeks and I'm not ready because I need a presentation and, and you're talking to me about branding. So I, I don't know, like there's, I'm sure you do lots of customer personas for, for clients as well um, in terms of uh, uh, how to determine what types of people you're attracting or looking to. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very interesting. I'm so happy that you were able to, to join us, Helen, um, uh, on this call. You know, the podcast, we, we seek to help people who are trying to... Uh, you know, level up on their business endeavors. And I think you're one of those people that everyone needs to have in the Rolodex just because your content is so valuable and helpful and like laser focused. And it really does uh, help people. So please let people know where they can find you. How can they connect with you? Okay. Yeah. So um, I'm on Instagram uh, and LinkedIn mainly. And uh, yeah, my business is obviously called Creative Business Brain. Um, I've also got a Facebook group if you wanted to pop in there and say hi. Um, <laughs> so they're the main places where, where you can find me. Um, yeah. So just even if you just put my name, uh, Helen Knight, into LinkedIn, you'd find me. Nice. Awesome. Uh, Well, guys, this has been the More Life Podcast. Welcome to Season 5. We're excited that you're here. Um, Have a great week. Peace out. Peace out.